Everything changes. I'm captivated. One of my favorite songs. I'll never be the same with just one look. Everything changes. I'm captivated. Come on, y'all guys, sing that. I'll never be the same with just one look. Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same with just one look. Everything changes. I'm captivated. I'll never be the same. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That with just one look, we have not been the same. And we are captivated by your love, by your grace, by your mercy, by your goodness. You are so good to us. And we say thank you. And we say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, our elder brother. We give you glory. We give you honor. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are captivated by your presence. Who cannot be captivated by the Lord of glory? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands, y'all. Rejoice in the presence of God. We're excited that we have a king who lives within us, who dwells in the midst of us, who is coming back again for us. Amen? I'm excited about that. God is good. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. The presence of God is here, guys. Jesus. I'm sure where you're watching, you can feel that glory. You can feel that anointing. You can feel that presence. Oh, the angels are flapping those wings <laughs> because we're honoring the centerpiece of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, my God. The Bible says that he's a lamb of God who's in the midst of the throne. He is the centerpiece of heaven. Oh, he took away your sin. He put away your sin. And all of heaven rejoices at his redemptive work, his finished work. And on earth we rejoice and we worship and we praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing that part. I'm so in love with you. Mm. So in love with you. You're beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you for the glory, Jesus. Mm. Can't take my, my eyes off you. You're beautiful, so beautiful. I'm so in love with you. You're beautiful, so beautiful. 
church we're rising in worship Jesus has come to dine with us a few weeks ago I won't go into the full details but I had a very sacred dream and in this dream I was sitting in this worship concert with Pastor Patrick sitting next to me there were members of our church that in that I was aware in the spirit were behind me in the in the audience and um, you know how it's dark usually in the audience and, and bright lights where the worship concert is going on. And while we're there in this worship concert, just worshiping, being in the presence of the Lord, Jesus appears to me. Jesus appears to me. I become undone. And I whisper to Patrick, I just saw Jesus. And then, lo and behold... I guess I am going to the details of it. A man comes behind me, puts his hands on my shoulders, and I turn around to see who it is, and it's my spiritual father, Kenneth Hagin, in royal blue suit, regal, shirt, tie, handkerchief, and I grab it like this, like a kid grabs his parent, puts my head in his chest, and then for a second, and then he like the sci-fi just fades out of my hand. And then I go to the front of the worship concert and the dream ends. And I knew there were several messages to that. And one of those things was for me to let me know that Kenneth Hagin was part of the cloud of witnesses. I'm here for you. Jesus is here for us. Amen? And that worship should be at the forefront of our lives. I walked to the front because worship should be at the forefront of life. The dream meant so many other things also. But to pretend to what we're talking about now, make sure you are a worshiper. Make sure you are a lover of Jesus. And you're going to have personal encounters with the Lord. Some of you um, may see angels. Some of you may see Jesus in your dreams. Maybe he'll appear to you face to face in a vision. But you're gonna, you cannot be a worshiper and not have an encounter with the divine. It is impossible. Hallelujah. Because worship is divine romance. And when you have romance, you have manifestation. Hallelujah. Some of you want to feel the presence of God. You want to know that the Lord is there. Of course, you need to get into the word and believe the word, but also just spend time worshiping. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will do what? Draw near to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to get right into this word. And um, this is frustration is leaving you part two. I know many of you were blessed last week with the first five points. So I have five more points. I'm going to get through them quickly. I'm going to try, <laughs> and we're going to minister the Word of God to you. All right, number six, frustration is leaving you because you're going to let grace take care of it. There comes a point in your life where you realize that the favor of God is all over me, and I don't have to do everything. Yes, you have to do something. Some things, but you don't have to do everything. If you had to do everything, you would not need a God. 
If you had to do everything, you would not need a savior. If you had to do everything, you would not need a high priest and the bishop of your soul, the Lord Jesus Christ. You would not need an elder brother. You would not need a Lord if you had to do everything. You would not need angels on assignment helping you and energizing you and pushing you forward. Jesus, when I have sent the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, the one called alongside to help you, he would not have sent him if you could do it all by yourself. You cannot do it all by yourself. Even Jesus said to his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. So you need the Lord. You need his grace. So guess what? Since the grace is there, since the angels are there, since the Lord is there, let him do his part. Amen. Amen. Yes, you do your part, but let him do his part. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. There's a part I play, there's a part he plays. Let grace take care of it. And for everybody, that it is different. For that house mom, that it is different. For the lawyer, that it is different. For the doctor, that it is different. For the pastor or the evangelist or the apostle, the prophet, that it is different. For the social worker, that it is different. For the engineer, that it, for the school teacher, that it is different. For the child, that it is different. For the parent, that it is different. For the married person, for the single person, that it is different. Whoever you are, wherever you are in life, let grace take care of it. Come on, somebody. Oh, hallelujah. The apostle Paul was a great preacher, an apostle to the Gentiles. He was a miracle worker. He, he went on missionary journeys, and he brought the gospel to places that never heard about Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and his resurrection. And so he broke ground. He was what you would call, he, was, he is what you would call a trailblazer. He created a path for others to follow. He even said, you're building on my foundation. So he knew that he was a foundation layer. And so he worked hard and he did great things and he came up against great demonic uh, uh, enemies, but he overcame them by the grace of God. And look what he says in 1 Corinthians 15, 10. I'm reading from the ERV version. He says, but because of God's grace, this is what I am. Talking about him being an apostle. And his grace that he gave me was not wasted. Remember we said the other week, don't let the grace of God in your life be wasted. Use the favor that God has given you. And he goes on to say, I worked harder than all the other apostles, but I was not really the one working. It was God's grace that was with me. And that's the one really doing the work, the grace of God. And the more you acknowledge God's favor, the more you acknowledge God's divine enablement, the more you're going to be able to do. If you think that it's all about you and all what you can do, guess what? You're going to be limited. I just went on vacation. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But it was the grace of God on my life that caused me to even enjoy more. Now, you don't go on vacation without no money. I got money. I'm paid. But when I hit... Las Vegas, when I hit the ground, my phone came back on. Cha-ching! Someone from our congregation, you know who you are, sent me $300. Someone who never sent that money, that amount to me before. Thank you, Jesus. Someone who's been a blessing in my life, but they never sent me that before. And there's other people in our church who have definitely been a consistent blessing in my life. Amen. Hi, Pastor Michelle. <laughs> but yeah, this person 
sent me this money. This wasn't Pastor Michelle, it was somebody else. Cha-ching. I was like, whoa. I didn't expect that. Then my mom said, yo, I'm going to send you some money. I said, you don't have to send me no money. I got it. I said, no, I'm going to send you some money. Then she sent me some money. That was a cha-ching, okay? And then another young man who used to go out of church that I spent time with sometimes, he said, oh, I want to bless you. And then he sent me some money. So guess what happened? Before I started the trip, I had $900 that I didn't ask for. What is that? Grace. That's Maurice not thinking he has to do everything himself. Now, don't mind you, the bank account had the money. But God said, I want to do some work too. And when you're a giver and when you're a tither and when you give to the poor, like I did the day before, without judgment, guess what? Grace comes into effect. The favor of God flows on you. Hallelujah. Somebody say, me next, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. He will do it. He will do it. Now, I feel the Lord wants me to tell you something that I did. Besides me being a regular tither and giver, everybody knows I'm generous. But I was at Macy's getting a suitcase the night before, and this guy was opening the um, Macy's door. And I was going to, I looked at him like, man, I ain't give you no money. I, I don't give people money all the time. <laughs> but something came to me and said, no, nah, no, nah, don't be like that. I'm going to give him a dollar. I said, no, no, no. Give him $10. He's worthy of $10. And I do that sometimes. Sometimes I know they're looking for change. They're expecting you to give them 50 cents or something. I go way beyond. And I say, Lord, I'm going to sow this seed. And I expect a harvest. Next day, the $900 came. The Lord says, he who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Hallelujah. So it's not just, oh, grace is there. You got to actually sow. Oh, I can sow $10 and get $900? No, it's not about sowing. No, no, that's not. No, no, no. I, I sow a lot of other money, okay? <laughs> I know somebody, how some of you think it. Yeah, go ahead and have a laugh, but it ain't so. <laughs> it's the principle. It's the, it's the heart issue. It's the obedience. It's you realizing that grace will do it. Do you think my preaching is just me for my study alone. No, preaching is supernatural. Words of knowledge don't come because I make myself have a word of knowledge. Gifts of healings don't flow because I make the gifts of healings flow. No, it's the grace of God. It's the anointing. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. You can't make it happen. I can't make it. I've learned the word of knowledge for years. Not one time I made a word of knowledge happen. Oh, okay. Let me see. This is... That's what the Bible calls the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of grace. And all we have to do is rely on the Lord and worship Him and focus on Him, and the gifts will flow. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Grace will do it. It'll make your marriage better. It'll make your parenting better. It'll make your schooling better. If you think it's all you drinking that coffee and staying up for six hours to study, why don't you just go to sleep and say, Lord, I'm going to study. I'm going to let you help me remember what I studied. Amen. He's the best study group there is. Come on, you college students. Let grace do it. Let grace take care of it. You have a bill. Somebody has a bill. I feel that in my spirit. You have a bill. Let grace pay the bill. Say, Lord, pay this bill for me. Lord Jesus, pay this bill for me. Even if you made a mistake, even if you overspent, Jesus can take care of your mistakes. That's why he's there. 
to save you, to rescue you, not just from eternal damnation. Come on. I got saved at the age of 14. I'm 48 now. I, oh, I'm just going to focus on him saving me. Yeah, listen, that's the most important. But Jesus is perpetually saving me and rescuing me. You also. He's the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. I love talking about this Jesus. His grace is amazing. John was so amazed by his grace. He said, and we have received of his fullness. Talking about Jesus. Grace for grace. Grace upon grace. Blessing upon blessing. Ha, hallelujah. Somebody say, I receive. Somebody shout, I receive. More grace. In Jesus' name. Frustration is leaving you. Number seven. Frustration is leaving you because you're going to take a break. Yeah, take a break. That's what I did a few weeks ago. Thank you, Jesus. I went to Las Vegas. Then I went to L.A. Pastor Ernst, Brother Avi met me in L.A. I think I mentioned that to some of you guys already, or I did mention it already. But, man, I had a good time. First leg by myself. Amen. Yeah, you can go to Las Vegas and live holy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holiness is an inside work. They try to get me to gamble. I'm not saying gambling, you know, I don't preach gambling is a sin. Now, gambling can become a sin. But I, I was like, God, people was calling me, oh, play, those, play that machine for me. Play <laughs> and win for me. I'm like, guys, I don't even know how to play this machine. <laughs> I don't know even, I, I, know, I, just, I don't know what to do. I'm looking at the machine like, what is this? <laughs> money grab. No, you ain't grabbing my money. <laughs> no, no, no. People say, oh, go to the table. Spirit-filled people. Not, not, and not even people in our church. Some people in our church. Some people outside. Oh, go, go play the tables. Play the, black, play the black thing. I was like, what are you talking? I'm going to eat. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to a few shows. And I'm going to enjoy this hotel room. Amen. And that's what I did. Oh, and I got a massage. Praise the Lord. And I went to the gym. Yeah. And I stayed at the Bellagio. That was awesome. Whoa, glory to God. <laughs> but no, I took a break. And then I met my guys in California. Whew, lovely. Had a great time. You know, everybody knows my, somebody said, yo, your beloved L.A. That's right, my beloved L.A. I love California. But you have to take a break. Every one of us have routines. I'm a pastor, so I have a regular routine that I live by my week, my week to week, my day to day. And so do you. Especially some of you moms who've been home during this pandemic with the kids for a year or more. Some of you fathers who've been home in the house for a year or more, take a break. Life is not going to end because you take a break. The world's not going to come to a, to, a, to, a, to a stop because you took a break. Take a break. Even Jesus and his disciples, with all the work that they did, with all the divine assignment on his life, Jesus said, I'm taking a break, and told the disciples, you're going to take a break. Look at this passage right here in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 32. He says, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. They were working, both what they had done and what they had taught. So Jesus wasn't about no laziness. He was about diligence. He was about making things happen. He was about progress. Amen. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Or as the Haitians would say, uh-oh. 
Jesus said, rest? Yes. And he didn't say, rest for five seconds. He said, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. That means I want this to be a long break. He's not like those jokers in the world. They give you a 15-minute break, and they say, oh, time break up. Come on, stop. I'm working for eight hours, and you worry about my 15-minute break. Jesus said, rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. What happened? They took a vacation by themselves. No people, no healing, no teaching, no casting out demons. Go take a break. You're cooking all the time, take a break and order something. You're doing online with your kids, take a break. Go outside to the park and have some fun. Go away somewhere if you feel inclined to do so. Take a break. Dads, take a break. Moms, take a break. Kids, take a break. Whoever you are, you're working diligently, take some time for yourself. They call it me time. <laughs> All right? And when you do that, you will not live in frustration. You will live in joy. You will live in satisfaction. You will live in peace. Amen? So you can see right here, it's biblically okay to take a break. Matter of fact, Jesus commanded it. Hallelujah. Number eight, frustration is leaving you because you're going to vent to Jesus. Woo, come on. Vent to Jesus, he's God. That's why you're going to vent to him. It's okay to talk to your girlfriend, your guy friend, you know, vent a little bit, but the best person to vent to is Jesus. And there's some things that you should only vent to Jesus about. Come on. Jesus is there for a reason. He's not just some cosmic person of our imagination. He's a real person, the living God, the living Lord, your elder brother, and he wants you to come to him when you go through frustrating circumstances, when people get on your last nerve. Like my grandmother used to say, you got, you're getting on my, la my one last nerve. Okay, you have one last nerve? <laughs> you know, that's the point of talking about frustration. Why is this guy drinking tea or coffee while I'm preaching? Yeah, this is Pastor Patrick. <laughs> What's going on here? I'm under the anointing this guy uh, uh, blowing coffee or tea. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. You see, Jeremy, I don't want to get on you. <laughs> God is good. Amen. Aren't you glad Jeremy's back, guys? Come on. <laughs> Woo! Our worship leader. We're excited. We're excited. Okay, so you're going to vent to Jesus. Here's a scripture for you. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. Seeing, so you got to see something, that then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, the things you're saying. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. Jesus sympathizes, empathizes with you, with our weaknesses, with our frustrations, with our concerns, with the people that annoy us, with the things that make us angry, but was in all points tempted as we are, 
yet without sin. Frustration came to Jesus. Annoyance came to Jesus. People who made him angry came to Jesus. Remember when he turned the tables over and took that whip out? He was angry. (laughs) Hello, somebody. But he didn't do it with sin. The Bible says, let us therefore. See, this is what that scripture in verse 16 is about. Based on the fact that you have a high priest who understands what you're going through. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Go to the throne of grace. Go to Jesus and vent. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In time of frustration. In time of concern. In time of worry. Go to Jesus. I've gone to him. Many a times, ah, this person, or ah, this thing. And the Lord will just bring comfort. He'll bring peace. He'll turn the situation around for me. Oh, yes, I've seen him do it. God is that good. He cares about what you're dealing with. And he knows sometimes pressure comes, especially in my particular um, lane as a pastor, there's pressure of people's lives and their issues and their situations and whatever that comes on you. And you have to make sure, I have to make sure, and people who are pastors and ministers to make sure we don't let it overwhelm us because that one family or that one person thinks it's only them. Or maybe they don't think that, but sometimes when you're dealing with your own thing, you don't, when you come to minister, you don't realize that he just had five other calls. You don't realize that, yeah, your, your life emergency He's already dealing with six other life emergencies. You don't realize that sometimes. But Jesus does. That's why he says, grace, mercy, and peace to the pastor. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I receive all the grace, all the mercy, all the peace. But guess what? Because you're his son, because you're his daughter, that same mercy, grace, and peace is towards you. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So come boldly. Say, Jesus, I need some grace to deal with this craziness. I need some mercy. Turn this around. Fix this thing. Move this person out of my life. Do what you got to do. Make it make sense. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus said, all right, I'm going to make it make sense. Amen. Bless me. Help me pay this bill. Help me deal with this wayward kid. I am tired of this kid. That you gave me. (laughs) He'll say, I understand. I understand. I hear you. Here's some grace. It'll be a divine empowerment. It'll be a wisdom. It'll be a thought. It'll be a feeling of peace that will overwhelm you. When you vent to who? Jesus. David vented to Jesus, and he said, my complaint comes before you. You see a lot of praise in the book of Psalms, but you also see him venting. And that tells us something. You may begin with venting, but let it end with praise. Here's my problem, and the Lord's going to take care of it. Now here's my praise. Amen. Don't just vent, invent, invent. No, praise, praise, praise. Hallelujah. In uh, January 
of 2019, during our 21 days of prayer, I was in my bedroom. I was laying across my bed, and I was praying in the morning time. And um, up, until the, up, at, up until that moment, I was having some frustrating moments with ministry, church people, da, 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 da. All right. And as I was praying, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not a feeling, not a witness, the voice of the Holy Spirit. The difference between the inner witness and inner knowing, you just know something, versus his voice. And he said to me, beautiful, compassionate tone, yet authoritative, take your eyes off of human failure. Mm. I've told this story before. I never cried. But um, thinking about it. It moves me deeply. Oh, thanks. That the Lord cares that much. It was in my imagination. Why did the Lord say that? Because evidently, he saw my frustration in ministry. And he said, I'm going to give Maurice a key to help him. And I've endeavored <laughs> to obey that. And it has helped me. So number nine, frustration is leaving you because you're going to take your eyes off of human failure. People are imperfect. People make mistakes. People are going to do wrong. But if you keep your eyes on that, you're going to stay in a place of frustration. And this is not just for a pastor. This is for parents. This is even for children who have imperfect parents. This is for husbands looking at your wives and wives looking at your husbands. Don't focus on the failure. Focus on what's good about the person. Amen. Don't focus on what gets on your nerves. Focus on what makes you laugh and what makes you happy about the person. And you'll live in great peace. Amen. And satisfaction. Think about the Lord. Do you think he's frustrated with us all the time? He's not. I know some way people preach, you think that. But we don't do everything right. We don't always obey him. We don't always move as fast as he wants us to move. But his love for us and his compassion towards us is so much greater than any failure. So he doesn't see failure. He sees his beloved children. Hallelujah. He sees the loves of his life. The one he purchased with the blood of Christ. 
my son, my daughter, my kid. What up? <laughs> Hallelujah. So take your eyes off of human failure. That's what Satan wants you to do. Put it on. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. No, 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 no. Saying you're the culprit. I bind you. I rebuke you. I resist you. And, Jesus, and begin to pray for the people that annoy you or that bring anger out of you. Because there's something usually deeper brewing with them. Okay. And here's my last point, number 10. Frustration is leaving you because you're going to stop sweating the small stuff. <laughs> In 1997, Richard Carlson came up with a book called Don't Sweat the, Most, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff. That book, those of you my age know the book. Some of you younger probably don't even know the book. But it um, was on the number one, the, the top list of USA Today for two years. It was, I forgot how long it was on the um, New York um, Times bestseller list. But it was there for a long time. The book sold over 15 million copies worldwide. Unfortunately, he passed away while he was on a, on a flight from San Francisco to somewhere, um, some kind of um, like blood clot thing, and he passed away. It's terrible, terrible. Wife, kids, his parents left him. He was in his 40s. You know, I personally think it was definitely satanic because he was bringing a lot of help to people. He wrote over 20 books. He was a psychotherapist and a motivational speaker. So these um, simple principles came and helped a lot of people. Oprah talked about it. A whole bunch of people talked about it. And they said, they said the testimony is still coming in of how much these, um, his book, this particular book, all his books, but this particular book helped, helped um, them. But in this book, in the introduction part, he writes that um, he tells a story about how this book came about. I'm going to tell you the story, and we're going to be done. Um, he wrote a book called You Can Feel Good Again. And he had foreign publishers who wanted him to ask another, like, motivational guy, one of those kind of, like, maybe new age, people call him a new age guru type, Dwayne um, Ryder, I forgot his name. No, Dwayne, Dwayne Dyer, thank you. Wayne Dyer, thank you, Lord. Wayne Dyer for an endorsement because he had endorsed another book. And so he was like, I don't know if, if he's going to endorse this book again because Wayne Dyer is very well known in that circuit, okay? So they were like, oh, just try. He was like, okay, I'm going to try. So he wrote Wayne Dyer and asked if he would endorse this, the foreign um, portion of this new book, You Can Feel Good Again. He said, I didn't hear from, any, any, I didn't hear from him. That happens sometimes. He said, so six months. To me, it was a case closed. I told the foreign um, company, publishing company, listen, I didn't hear from him, so we can't use his name. That's that. So sometime passed. They sent him a copy of the book they're going to publish, and it has the endorsement from Wayne Dyer from the other book, and they just put it in this book. Now, everybody knows that's illegal. <laughs> that's wrong. And he said he was so upset, he called his literary, his, his, his literary agent and said, listen, 
this is what they did. And she, uh, or whoever the agent is, they go and call this company, and they're like, listen, pull those books off the shelves. This cannot go forward. This is, you know, illegal. This is wrong. This is, not, this is even ethically wrong. So he writes a letter to Wayne Dyer saying, listen, I am so sorry. I told them not to do this. They went against my instructions. Bam, 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 bam. Wayne Dyer writes him a letter. And this is what he says in the letter to Richard Carlson. He said, Richard, there are two things in life that will keep you in harmony. One, don't sweat the small stuff. Two, it's all small stuff. Keep the quote, love Wayne. Even though this company illegally used his name, lied and said he said this, what he didn't say, he said, Richard, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. Now, these are not believers in Jesus Christ. These are not born-again tongue talkers. If the world can be this forgiving, and this at peace with an obvious obstruction and lie. What should we be doing as saints of the Most High, as ambassadors for Christ? Not sweating the small stuff and recognizing, for the most part, it's all small stuff. That's why Jesus said, in this world, you have trouble, things that will cause you frustration. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. We praise you, God. This is good. Frustration is leaving you now. Oh, yes, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is touching your heart now. You're not going to be the same after this message. Your life is going to be different. Your emotions are going to be stabilized. Your mind is being strengthened now. Even your physical body is being healed in the name of Jesus. Some of you have pains in your body, not because you're really sick, because of stress. And I command you to be filled with peace in your body, filled with peace in your soul. I command every pain in your body to go now in the name of Jesus. I bind pain in the name of Jesus. I bind stress and trauma in the body right now in the name of Jesus. Receive the healing anointing. Receive the power of God. It's driving out every sickness, every pain, every disease in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody, you're taking sleeping pills. You won't have to take them no more. Oh, glory to God. The peace of God is overwhelming you now. Yeah, yeah. The Lord says, put the sleeping pills down and just pray and trust me to put you to sleep. The Bible says he gives his beloved sleep in Jesus' name. Mm, hallelujah. I believe that there's someone who's on the fence about taking the vaccine. 
the Lord says, seek him and he will tell you what to do. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your anointing is here. Your anointing is great. Oh, I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. If you're not saved, just say this simply, Jesus, save me. I want to be born again. I believe that you died for me. Say it. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I receive you now as my Savior. In Jesus' name, I've just been born again. Amen. God bless you in this church. You are amazing. You are the bomb. Have an amazing week. And I'll see you next week. God bless.